Over 2,000 years ago, two disillusioned disciples walked along a dusty road to Emmaus. They had just witnessed Jesus, their friend and leader, whom they hoped to be the Messiah, suffer a gruesome death by crucifixion. Doubt, fear, and uncertainty clouded their conversation as they journeyed home questioning the future. Until something miraculous happened. The risen Jesus appeared and answered their questions. Today, many young Catholics step onto college campuses with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed of faith given to them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, scheduled to be released in the summer of 2021, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. To pre-order your copy and help spread the word about the book, visit patchworkheart.org. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting station about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It is wonderful to be with you. Thank you so very much for joining us here on the Sewing Hope Podcast. As always, I am joined by my friend Ann DeSantis, and uh, we are uh, in the, I guess, the third of our fourth episode on the marks of the church. And so we're going to be talking about the church is Catholic. Ann, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm great, Bill. Yeah. I told you this months ago that once we got into spring and summer, I know we're in the middle of spring right now that, you know, this is my, one of my favorite times of year. So couldn't be better. Yeah, no, I know. It's a, it, it's a wonderful time of the year. Uh, things are starting to bud a little bit, right? They're just starting to uh, get nice and beautiful outside. I know here in Wisconsin, it's uh, it's still a little chilly, but it's starting to warm up. So uh, it, is, it is wonderful uh, to be uh, sharing the air with you again, because today we're going to be talking about uh, the church as Catholic, and that's super fun, um, because the church is Catholic, but there's a couple different aspects to Catholicism as well that we got to talk about. That's right, and I should say that we've done a series here, so if you missed the other podcast, you know, we, we say that there are four marks of the church, which we say during the Nicene Creed, we mention the fact of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. So Bill and I dedicated one podcast for each of those legs of the, of the, of the table there, like one holy Catholic and apostolic. So we did one holy. So tonight is Catholic. And then when we meet on Thursday, we will unpack uh, apostolic. So I want to mention, like I did during the other podcast, that this one is really dedicated not so much to what Anne and Bill's opinion is of the, 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 the church being Catholic, although we will interject on it, but it's really reading right from the catechism of the Catholic church and unpacking it there for you to know what it says, where to find it, and to really to understand when we say that the church is Catholic, because there can be a capital C and also a small C for Catholics. So I know we're going to talk about that too. Exactly, exactly. And the, the denomination Catholic, uh, you know, first of all, I want to welcome all of our listeners too, because uh, I know we have a varied and wide audience that is not always Catholic with the capital C, right? <laughs> right. And we have, yes. <laughs> uh, we have plenty of wonderful brothers and sisters that may um, not be uh, Catholic with the large C, 
Uh, but but thank you for tuning into the podcast. We hope you learn a little bit tonight. But uh, but know you're not excluded in this because oftentimes you do say the uh, version of the creed and you believe that the church is Catholic with a small c. So we hope to be able to unpack that for you as well. But uh, but yeah, no, we're we're excited about. That. I'm definitely excited about tonight. Yeah, me too. And I thought maybe we can start out with and inviting people. That if you want to see where we're looking at in the catechism, yeah. I'll tell you where it is. Um, so it's the catechism of the Catholic Church. Now, you can do this right from your phone. In fact, I would suggest if you're doing that, that all you need to do is just key in um, on your phone, uh, Vatican VA. That's the website, Vatican.va. Go to the catechism of the Catholic Church. And it's in part one, the profession of faith. And it's section two. Uh, the profession of the Christian faith. Okay. So, and it starts out with, I believe in the Holy spirit. So it goes through the whole creed and then it gets to the church is one. The church is, is holy. And then the church is Catholic. So that's what we're looking at. Uh, so let's, let's take a look at what it says. So the catechism of the Catholic church in article 830 says that the word and then it says in quotes, Catholic means in quotes, universal in the sense of according to the totality or in keeping with the whole, the church is Catholic in a double sense. Now, I will say that the definition that they've given there is the small C. So we can say that the definition of the small C of Catholic means universal. And that's a good word, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yes. Universal. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good word because what it indicates is that sometimes within Christianity, there are a lot of different uh, sects to Christianity. And I, by the word sects, I mean S-E-C-T-S, okay? And knowing that the church is universal, it means that the Catholic Church really doesn't do anything on a whim, right, Bill? Mm -hmm. I mean... It does nothing on a whim. And that is why, to be quite honest, why there is a catechism of the Catholic Church, because the church wants there to be a resource, a prayerful resource, because the catechism was developed as a very slow process by the Vatican, the bishops, the archbishops, the cardinals that came together prayerfully to decide on what what we what we believe. So that, that's exactly what we're looking at then here is what the church believes. And it says that first, the church is Catholic because Christ is present in her. Where there is Jesus Christ, there is the Catholic church. In her, in her subsists the fullness of Christ's body, united with its head. This implies that she receives from him, quote, the fullness of the means of salvation, which he has willed, correct and complete confession of faith, full sacramental life and ordained ministry in apostolic succession. The church was in this fundamental sense, Catholic on the day of Pentecost and will always be so until the day of Perusia. Now there's a lot more to, to talk about, but let's stop there. Yeah. Any thoughts, Bill? Um, you know, I, I, I really like this understanding of the church uh, as Catholic, and in what you just read, where it talks about the correct and complete confession of faith, full sacramental life, and ordained ministry in apostolic succession, that right there, I think, is the heart of what makes the Church so powerful, and uh, it makes it so universal, um, because through the sacraments, through the ordained ministry in the apostolic uh, succession, and also the confession of faith, it it touches almost every aspect of not just the globe, but of our um, of our lives. You know, when you when you think about the human person, right, and you think about the the sacraments, the the complete person, every stage of your life is covered by the sacraments, right? It's, it's all-encompassing. So, 
you know, think about it this way, like to welcome you into the kingdom of, of God and, and, and the people of God, to welcome you into that is baptism. And uh, we, are, we are then uh, given food for the journey, right, the Eucharist, so that we are, we are strengthened. Christ himself strengthens us. And then, of course, we, we are then confirmed and, and, and fortified by the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, that's just the sacraments of initiation, right? And then, of course, you know, con- confession helps us bring our weaknesses and our sins to God and uh, confess those over to him so that he can, uh, you know, shower us with his mercy and his love and also strengthen us to help us become more perfect in him. Of course, we have the other sacraments, right, of, of commitment, marriage, and holy orders where we commit ourselves uh, to either the church or to, um, to a spouse so that we can build the kingdom of God on, on earth uh, with them. And, and then, uh, you know, in, in times of sickness and, 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 you know, stuff like that, that are, that, you know, it's evil, you know, not necessarily evil, but just, but just difficult, we have the sacrament of anointing of the sick. So, so throughout, you know, when you think about it like, like that, everything is encompassed in the, the, the life of the church. It's, it's universal, not only to um, the, the entire world, you know, that it touches each and every um, globe. It, t- it touches each and every aspect of the, the, the human person, right? Like that right there to me is, is part of the universality of the church is that it is that through the sacraments, through the, through the understanding of um, how we live out our faith, uh, it, it touches every, it, every aspect of our lives and it should touch every aspect of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, thank you for expanding on that. Uh, I just want to go back if I could rewind to what I said at the beginning that um, the, these podcasts that we're doing, because we usually interview guests, but for this one, we decided to do a series and the series again, I said is the four marks of the church, which is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Now, uh, there was a time in the Catholic Church that we really weren't supposed to discuss church doctrine or read the Bible without a priest's assistance, okay? And, and, and that was, I don't know, I don't know the dates of when that was, but let's just say it was maybe before Vatican II or maybe on and around Vatican II. I know that as we entered into the 70s, 80s, and 90s, it became a little more, quote, laid back as far as uh, reading the Bible and trying to interpret it. Now, let me expand on that. When Bill and I get together and we're talking about this, okay, we're trying to stay in tune with exactly what the church teaches, because I know that we may have some listeners, who knows, who might be examining and saying, hmm, are they outside of church teaching or whatever? So our goal is here to develop um, a dialogue, okay? So even though this is not a podcast where people are calling in or anything like that, this is a dialogue to discuss it because you know what? There's really nothing wrong with doing that. And the church encourages us to read the catechism and to read the Bible and to talk about it. So I just want to say that Bill and I are doing our best through with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to stay with what the church does teach because we're not experts. Now, Bill has a degree in, in one, I think he's got a degree in communications and in theology. Uh, Catholic theology. Yep. And my degree, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to announce that um, I actually do have my degree in master's in, in theology. Uh, that I will be graduating within a, within two weeks from now <laughs> on May 8th. So I'm very excited that um, I'm graduating from St. Joseph's College of Maine with my degree in uh, Master's of Arts in Theology with a concentration in pastoral theology. So, uh, you know, just so that you know, you're dealing with two people here who do know something about what the church teaches. We're not perfect, right, Bill? Right. Uh, but we are trying to go according to what we know and w- what we've been taught. 
So with that, uh, I want to go back to Article 831. It says that, secondly, the church is Catholic because she has been sent out by Christ on mission to the whole of the human race. And then in small letters, it says, all men are called to belong to the new people of God. This people, therefore, while remaining one and only one, is to be spread throughout the whole world and to all ages in order that the design of God's will may be fulfilled. He made human nature one in the beginning and has decreed that all children who were scattered should be finally gathered together as one. The character of universality, which adorns the people of God, is a gift from the Lord himself, whereby the Catholic Church ceasingly and efficaciously seeks for the return of all humanity and all its goods under Christ the head in the unity of his spirit. I think that was a, a great little reading there because words like together as one, uh, universality and efficaciously seeking to return all to humanity. Really, that's what being quote Catholic means. Now we have the small word C, which is that we're universally Catholic, but that capital C is quite frankly, yes, we are a religion, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so the capital C is that, yeah, there is a Catholic religion. There is an entering into this Catholic church through the sacramental life. And what really makes us Catholic, uh, again, in an honest way, is that we do offer the sacraments of the church. So I think that's one of the biggest um, differences in our church compared to some other denominations, Protestant uh, Christian denominations, is that we offer that idea of entering into the sacramental life. Yeah, that's what, really what it means to be Catholic. Yeah, and and again, as I was saying earlier, the sacraments are all encompassing of our entire lives. They they cover every aspect of our life, right? And so that is such an important thing I think to remember that that each and every aspect of our lives is covered by the sacraments. And so I want to reiterate that. Uh, the other thing I want to mention too, Anne, is that you know as you were talking about. Uh, you know, the, the fact that we're trying to approach this from, you know, a, a catechetical standpoint uh, and, and you know, talk about what the Church is talking about, I would also add that not only are we coming at it from uh, a, a spot where we both have some the theological training, certainly not all <laughs> of a theological training, um, right. <laughs> but, but, but we also come at it from our uh, perspective, right? We come at it from a perspective, um, yeah, because we have our own... Um, we have our own spiritual journeys. We have our own spiritual walks that we're on, uh, and just like every person on the planet does, right? So, so where you are in relationship to, with God is going to be totally different than both Anne and myself, and it should be. Um, but, 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 but I will say this: is that you know we're going to bring our own um, perspective into this and do our best in it to remain true to the church, uh, and so. And so un unpacking the word Catholic uh, tonight, uh, like we're doing, uh, it can seem technical at times, but uh, there's a lot of beauty to it because when, when we really take a look at what Catholic means, it means that we're also called. I, you know, I love that last line of what you were reading, and uh, which, again, is paragraph 831 in the Catechism. Uh, I believe it's quoting Lumen Gentium, by the way, if you're if you're looking for that, uh, the 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 footnote. Uh, I believe it's quoting Lumen Gentium, uh, which is of course a Vatican II document. But I, I love the last line of that. Right, uh, the Catholic Church ceasingly and efficaciously seeks for the return of all humanity and all its goods under Christ the Head in the unity of his spirit. And so it's calling all of us to unity. It's calling all of us to return to Jesus Christ. You know, the other thing that I'm reminded of during this is actually Scripture as well. Of course, um, you know, taking a look at how the church returns all. Think about it, right? Like, like we are all called to return to Christ. We're all called to... And, and all of its goods, humanity and all of its goods. <laughs> so is that our possessions? Is that our, uh, you know, 
time? Is it our talent? It's all supposed to return to to the church, um, and and to Christ through the church is what I should really say. Um, but I but I was thinking about this today as well and preparing for our podcast, and I was thinking about the words of Saint Paul in First First uh, Corinthians chapter nine. Uh, beginning with verse 19, and and it says this. I mean, I mean, listen to how lined up these are between the catechism and Scripture. It says this, and this is St. Paul talking to the Corinthians. He says, Although I am free in regard to all, I have made myself a slave to all so as to win over as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew to win over the Jews. To those under the law I became one under the law though I myself, not under the law, to win over those under the law. To those outside the law, I became like one outside the law. Although I am not outside God's law, but within the law of Christ, to win over those outside the law. law. To the weak, I became weak to win over the weak. I have become all things to all, to save at least some. All this I do for the sake of the gospel, so that I too may share, so, so I may too have a share in it. So, I mean, I, I just love that scripture because, you know, here, here is St. Paul saying, you know, you know what, um, I as a minister, I as somebody who is, you know, a, an apostle of Jesus, trying, I am called to reach out to everybody and bring them all into the fold. And and, and, and he says, I am going to associate with the weak like I am weak. I am going to associate with those who are under the law like I am under the law. And the, it is this universality. of and, and it also shows the adaptability, I think, that we have to have uh, as, as Christians and as Catholics to draw all people. You know, there's, th- this is actually talking about empathy, too to be empathetic with those people that we that that we um, you know see in in our world that you know the hungry the broken the lost we have to enter into those situations and that and, and that is difficult but the but the amazing thing is that the church can do it because the church has you and it has your unique ability right so so while, while St. Paul is saying, man, I've got a long list of people that I've got to be a lot like to bring people in, the reality is, is your fingerprint, your, your spirituality can be used in a way that draws a group of people into the church. And my spirituality and, and my, um, you know, uh, charism can draw certain people into the church. And Anne's the same thing. So if, if we all take that mentality, yes, that's how the church is universal. I love how you just described that because it's that value. I think of pro-life as well because it's the value of every human person from conception until natural death. I mean, we've heard that a billion times, right, from both from the Catholic Church, but also from pro-life groups. But, you know, honestly, that's partly what that word universal means, that, you know, every person, every soul has a purpose from God, a charism that can be used to help build up the church. And I think that's exactly what Bill was saying. And the beginning of what you were talking about when you were reading that scripture verse, I heard the word law quite a bit. Yeah. And when we think of law, we think of regulations, we think of the to-do list, they think, we think of what we, we shouldn't do. And quite frankly, I think we don't really think about love and charity and all the virtues, but we think about laws, right? And I think when we think about what does it mean to be Catholic, there will always be that sense of that there are rules and regulations of our faith, right? We have the Ten Commandments, we have you know, the greatest commandments, we have the Beatitudes, which I wouldn't really look at as laws, but I mean, there are more ways to love better, and quite frankly. Um, but these are things that we can exercise in order to be more Catholic. And I mean that both with a capital C and a small C, right? Mm-hmm. 
So when you look at both of those aspects, um, but Bill mentioned the, the law, really, when we think about the law, it has to all be about the, the greatest law, which is the law of love and the law of loving God first and then loving others. And we exercise those through something like the corporal and spiritual works of mercy and by becoming and engaging in the sacramental life of the Catholic Church. Both things. We can, you know, some people want to do one or the other. Some people want to do just all of those beautiful charitable acts by getting involved in your community and helping the poor and maybe getting involved in pro-life or whatever it is, but not doing the other part of it, which is partaking in really living the Catholic culture, you know, going to mass on Sunday, uh, going to confession, you know, when either when you need to or trying to make it a regular habit and, and honoring all the other sacraments of the church. So it's going to be a combination, Bill. Don't you think so? It's a combination of both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think St. Paul, too, is talking about, when he's talking about the law, um, he, he's talking about the fact that um, some people have understood and committed themselves to the to the uh, law of you know Moses, right? And then others that have not yet come into realization, you know, the Gentiles have not necessarily committed to that because they because they don't know, you know, that, that that wasn't their that wasn't their um, background, right? So so when you look at um, what he's talking about, I think with the law too. I think he's, I think he's talking about you know those, those of us who have a complete understanding, and those of us who do not yet have a complete understanding. You know, and and the most important thing that we're supposed to have, the understanding that we're supposed to have, is the understanding that Christ is the head of the church. He is our savior. He is our friend. He is our brother, um, and and. He and, and he redeems us. He is a merciful God, right? And I and and I think if you approach, you know, evangelization like that, you know, recognizing that some people have are 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 committed hook, line, and sinker. But guess what? They also need to be um, fed and continually developed. And then you also have another group of people out there who have absolutely no idea about Jesus, who he is, and how he is acting in the world. And so I think when you look at those two groups of people, you know, the church touches all of them. And, and as you were saying and talking about, you know, having both aspects, having the you know, corporal works of mercy and the spiritual works of mercy and, and pouring that out, over over our communities, uh, so that they can, so that people can not only see but experience Christ's love. But then you've also got to have the other aspect of it, as you were saying, the interior faith life. You know, the commitment to the sacraments, the prayer life. You know, if, if all we do, if, if if all we do is is material good, you know that you know. That, you know, we, 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 I don't think we often hear that term, but, but we, we can do material good. Anybody can do material good. Even, even a, you know, uh, even, a, even a convicted felon can do material good. Um, you know, they can hold a door for somebody, right? Uh, they, you know, that's material good. But, but that, that doesn't mean that they are... Um, interiorly, right, like like a good person, uh, and and even that is a term. Good person. How are we defining that? It has to be defined by the standard of the gospel, by the, by, by the Ten Commandments, by the Beatitudes. Right. These these are the things that define, um, you know, what hol- holiness is. We talked about that last time, right? We talked about the church being holy. Well, holiness is not not something that is an exterior thing. It, it, it's an interior relationship. And so 
um, when, when we're talking about people who are needing to be encountered from an evangelical standpoint, we have to have two things that approach it. Number one is certainly the deep commitment, prayer life, personal relationship with Jesus. You know, we, we, we say it often on this program, man, that, you know, the only thing people cannot argue with, you know, we can sit there and argue over the catechism or you know, like points of doctrine, you know, the, in, our, in our faith. We can, we can have a, a spirited debate about that, and that's beautiful. But one of the things that we cannot argue with is personal witness. You know, when somebody walks in the room and says, Jesus healed me, <laughs> you know, and, and I believe it, you know, that it was him, how is someone going to argue with that? I'm going to say, uh, uh, wait a minute, no, you, no your hand uh, isn't healed. No, um, your, your, your heart, heart wasn't fixed. No, uh, no by, by him. It was, it was done by some other force. No, they, they can't argue with that. There's just no possible way. So, you know, you got to have that interior prayer life, that interior conviction to know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and that he is a miracle worker, he is powerful, uh, and, and he is an omniscient God. But then you've also got to have the other aspect of the reaching out, you know. And, and I know that, uh, so that so that people can experience the love, those two things have to work hand in hand. Otherwise, if we're just material good, if we're just handing out, you know, um, you know, bowls of soup at the soup kitchen without the love, without the interior relationship with Christ to draw people closer to Christ, then then we're just handing out bowls of soup. And it doesn't have the same power behind it. It doesn't have the same meaning behind it. It doesn't have the power of conversion, the power of deepening that relationship with Christ. You know? So so I think, you know, when you talk about Catholicism, it's universal in that aspect too. It it touches both the the corporal aspect of the of our lives and it also touches the the um, spiritual aspect and the eternal aspect of our souls it touches that all the time yeah you, you touched on a lot of good things there bill i just want to thank you and i know that when you say things and when you reflect it's not like you're not just shooting from the hip you know i mean you are you've thought about these things you have reflected on them. And I just want to repeat, I know I keep saying this again and again, but uh, you know, there was a time in the church when what we're doing right now, where we're like talking about the catechism and talking about the church teaching, when people felt they had to talk to a priest and they had to make sure. I just want to say that that's still probably a very good thing to do. And it's better to listen to your pastor or someone who, quote, really, really understands and knows the church to make sure that they're communicating it properly. But I also think that the church is encouraging us to do what we are doing right now. And I'll underline the fact that as long as we're doing it in the right way. So we pray and we hope that as we're looking at the catechism, we're not looking at anything else other than the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we are uh, saying it in the right way as to what is church teaching and um, and so I just invite you. I think the best thing I can can say to you all is that you can listen to Bill and I, but probably the best place to go is for you to go to the catechism yourself and look at it. And I, again, I said that's in part one, the profession of the faith, section two, the profession of the Christian faith. And I'm just going to pick up kind of where we left off uh, when when I read the last part there about the church being Catholic. It says that each particular church is, in quotes, Catholic. Now, that's in a small c. It says the Church of Christ really is really present in all legitimately organized local groups of the faithful, which insofar as they are united to their pastors and also quite appropriately called churches in the New Testament. In them, the faithful are gathered together through the pe preaching of the gospel of Christ and the mystery of the Lord's Supper is celebrated. In these communities, Though they may not often be small or poor or existing in the dysphoria Christ is present through whose power and influence the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is constituted. So I think there's a lot to, to talk about there. Um, I like the fact that, they, that the catechism is 
giving us a reflection into what it really means to say, who is the church of Christ exactly, right? Because, you know, we are Catholic with a capital C, but I do believe that the church does have a respect and an honoring of other Christian faiths and, and the fact that they are followers and disciples of Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I think one of the biggest things in our society today, in our world today, that we have to do as Christians is stand together. You know, uh, we can talk about what divides us. We can look at what divides us as, um, you know, uh, different denominations, right? We, we, you know, we, we can. Um, and we should, because Jesus Christ is the truth. The other thing I'll say about that, real quick, is that um, any, any person, you know, and there's a long list of them, right? Uh, people that have uh, truly studied with, a, with an open heart the, the Catholic Church looking for the truth. You know, Jesus says in the Gospel, right, I am the way, the truth, the life. He doesn't say, I am a way, I am a truth, I am a life. He is the only way. There isn't another way to get to eternal life. There isn't another way to get there. He, he is it. And, and so if you are seeking the truth, you are going to be led into the Catholic Church. You know, there are many, many, many people. I mean, Dr. Scott Hahn <laughs> is one of them that is probably the most famous. Uh, Jeff Cavins is another one that is uh, extremely, um, you know, popular as well. Um, and, and pastors of different Christian churches uh, who have studied and opened their heart to the truth of who Jesus Christ is, have, have been led closer to the, the faith of the Catholic with a big C church. So I just want to toss that in there because knowing that uh, while we respect and while we want to have unity with all of our Christian brothers and sisters, there are some differences in doctrine that do matter. And that 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 do matter to 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 Catholics. So, um, we we want you to know that if you are truly pursuing the truth, the church will be there for you. The church will be there for you, and as you grow closer to Christ, we believe at least certainly I do, because the evidence is there all over the place, that you will eventually come into full communion with the Church. Um, and because there's just, <laughs> there's just too many uh, people, right? And there's just so many people that have, you know, started studying the Church, and boom, they end up, um, you know, entering into full communion at, through RCIA or whatever other means that they come back into the Church because of because of how um, how beautiful that truth is, and so uh, yes, you are part of the church. You know, every every the other thing we should mention too is that every baptized person, every single person that is baptized, technically is Catholic, and uh, we use the term Protestant churches. Um, different different uh, people use different terms for it, but Catholics typically use Protestant because the term Protestant means that they pr that, that you, Protestant uh, churches are protesting some of the some of the doctrines of the Catholic Church <laughs> right so um, it, 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 it's not a derogatory term it's not a bad term it just it just is saying okay you know what these are these are the sticking points these are the things where we we don't see eye to eye but it but it doesn't mean that as you pursue them and and I truly believe as you pursue the truth you will be led into full communion with the with 
the Catholic faith just because it is the truth. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the way that you articulated that because, you know, it's it what it comes down to what Bill just said. It's not um, don't look at it as like a dictating thing. It's an invitation. Really, it's an invitation. You have to be led by the spirit in all the decisions of your life. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're and you're not Catholic with a capital C, right, um, there is an invitation to learn more. The one thing about being Catholic is that there's so much to learn, okay? Because not only do we have the Bible, we have the unpacking of learning all the doctrines and all the church writings and all the saints church history. There's so much to learn. I mean, I can tell you, as I said during this podcast, that I'm just graduating now with my master's in theology. But now I realize how much I don't know. <laughs> Even though I had to write pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of uh, different theologies and, and research that I had to do for this degree, right? Yeah. But I still don't know as much as I should because there's so much to learn when it comes to our faith. And the one thing I have to say, Bill, if you don't mind a little plug for all the people that we had, we've had on sewing hope podcast, because we've been, we have interviewed like at this point, over a hundred different Catholic ministries and authors who are doing exactly what we're talking about here. They are trying to unpack and help you to have more knowledge about your faith, you know? So if you want a little education, you can even go to our YouTube channel and listen to some of our other podcasts at Patchwork Heart Ministry and listen and learn about some of the wonderful Catholic authors and speakers and ministers that we've had on this program. Because in my opinion, I have to say, it's been a great education for me to get to know all these people who are trying to just take one little bit of what it means to be Catholic, right? One little bit, it could be, but yeah. doing a great expansion on that one piece. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's how we learn. That's how we learn. I believe that. Oh, yeah. And I was just going to say, <laughs> you use the magic word and learn, uh, because let me tell you, uh, I learn so very much, not only from our listeners, uh, but also from our guests. And not only that, I learned from, um, you know, preparing and and gathering uh, information for these podcasts. Like, y y we are constantly learning. I, and what, the moment you stop learning, then you start going backward in your faith. It, it really is so, so crucial that we as Catholics learn our faith. And continually learn it. You know, uh, it's okay to be corrected. It's okay to grow. Like, we we have to be humble enough to be able to understand that that's part of being Catholic. You know, and there is no way. I used to have our parish librarian, uh, St. Francis de Sales in Lake Geneva. She always used to say, there is no way you can explore all the depth of the riches in the Catholic Church there is no way you can do it. There, it's impossible to contain God. It's impossible to contain the riches of the Catholic Church in a single podcast, in a single book, uh, even even the Catechism. Right? Like they, you, you, there are so many references to other books in the Catechism. Even tonight, I said Anne's reading from Lumen Gentium because that's the. <laughs> That's the paragraph number that they're referencing in there, right? Like, there is so much that no matter, you you can have doctorates, you can have masters, you can have theology degrees, you will never, ever, ever be able to uh, satisfy the hunger of, um, or satiate the hunger of, of, of knowing everything about the Catholic Church. You can't. Um and and I will also add that knowing does not mean that you have the relationship with Christ, right? I think that's the other really big thing to remember in all of this is that, um, you know, as much as we can talk about 
you know, the, you know, the Catholic Church and the different doctrines and the different scriptures and the different um, aspects of of our faith. It doesn't mean that that those people have a relationship with Christ. The 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 simple, most humble people, right? Um, uh, Saint Solanus Casey, look up Saint Solanus Casey. Is uh, a simple door porter. I mean, he held he held, he held open the door for people, you know. Uh, but 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 he did so in a way that pointed other people to Christ, and. Uh, and now we call him a saint. So, like, you know, that's relationship. You know, we can we can sit here and read you the catechism, we can read you the Bible, but it, ultimately it's about relationship with Jesus. And um, I encourage you to delve, as, as Anne did earlier, read the catechism. Delve into the catechism. If you're looking for more on the catechism, we have a series on our Patreon called... Um, uh, I'm going to blank on the name right at the moment, but uh, it's by John Curry Sr., Teaching the Catechism on the Internet. That's it. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a a 39-part series. 39-part series, folks, on the catechism. It goes through the entire thing from start to finish, uh, and you can get it on our Patreon for only $10 a month. Uh, you can sign up uh, on that tier, and you'll be able to get access to all of it. So if you're really interested, uh, John Curry Sr., the late John Curry Sr., um, who did a wonderful thing for Fiat Ministry Network and going through a 39-part series, it is phenomenal. Um, so, so you know, we're just touching a little bit and bringing our own, you know, thoughts and views in a little bit as well. Um, but again, uh, we, we do some from our personal experience, not from, um, you know, uh, it, a space where we're trying to say this is where the church um, isn't, you know, we're not saying that's better than the church. You know, the church is the standard. Thank you, Bill. That was great. And, um, you know, it's a combination of learning, growing, but Bill said it best when he said that, you know, you can read and learn and know, but you can still not really know the Lord. And, you know, and have a degree in master's degree in theology or a bachelor's degree in theology or whatever, or be a priest even, I hate to say. But what it comes down to is the identification with Christ, okay? That doesn't mean that you know the whole Bible back and forth, but, you know, what did Christ do? He served, okay? So in order for us to be like Christ and disciples, we have to learn what it means to serve and love and to be quite blunt and quite frank yes we do have to treat people well <laughs> we can't be a bad person treat people badly and still think that we're following christ you know what i i learned that the hard way bill you know mm -hmm. that and i know you have too but we have to we have to make that part of what it means to be catholic and be a follower of christ we have to treat people well we can't treat people, we can't be nasty, we can't be gossipy, and we can't uh, be unvirtuous toward them either. So I had to and say true. that because I yeah. do think it means something regarding being, quote, Catholic. Absolutely, it does. It does mean something uh, so very important. And I know, uh, Anne, we're going to um, talk about on Thursday, the last mark of the church as well, which is apostolic and uh, how important the apostolic aspect is to our faith and the fact very simple fact that it means it's handed on uh you know and, and that's a huge gift right because i know that uh without the people that have handed the faith on to me the faith wouldn't be here uh so um, i'm looking forward to that Anne, and i uh, can't wait to talk about the app the the church's apostolic next time yeah, that'll be great. And and might I say one more thing, Bill? Of course. I just ask people to say a prayer as Bill's new baby boy will be born pretty soon. So keep that in your prayers. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Ann, for certain. Uh, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, until next time, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. We'll see you Thursday, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast 
and our ministries. Visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Did you enjoy this podcast? Listen to other podcasts from Patchwork Heart Ministry by following Patchwork Heart Radio wherever you listen to podcasts.